Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. You may um, grab your Bibles at this time and go to John. We're going to begin with the verse that we kind of huddled around last time, and that is John fourteen six through 7. John fourteen six and 7. Um, I'd love for you to bring your Bibles or any kind of a Bible app that you have. If you come to church, make sure you grab your Bible. Someone said amen. Anybody still believe in the Word of God? All right, it is our roadmap. Amen. It is our manual. It is our manual. And the funny thing is, it is not as hard to live for God if you read the manual on a regular basis. Have you ever put something together and didn't read the instructions? Yeah, a few of us guys have done that. It's not a pretty sight. If you read the Word of God, you will find it much easier to live for the Lord. And that is what I want you to be um be doing if you would help me to bring your word of God or your Bible. We're going to do old-fashioned today. We're going to go to the word of the Lord in John 14, 6, and 7, and we're going to read right out of the text. And so if you would join me uh, looking at John 14 and verse 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. For now... From now on, you do know him and have seen him. How did they ever see him? They saw him in Jesus Christ. So we have heard that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Amen. I want to preach to you for a little while today on the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord. Would you say that with me? The way of the Lord. God has a way. Amen. He came in flesh through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ had a path that he had to stay on because he did the will of the Father, the eternal Spirit. And I'm grateful today that Jesus has a way for me to walk in. Amen. Let's pray together as we be seated. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time together. Would you anoint this sermon and this time as I have prayed over this message, would you give me the oracle of God, the lips of God, and would you let me impact a heart today? In Jesus' name, I'm simply your vessel. Get me out of the way and let your word go forward. In Jesus' name. Someone said, Amen. You may be seated. Now, it's interesting that our path of salvation is similar to the path of salvation that Jesus took. It's very similar. And I'm interested because the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned, you know it, and come short of the glory of God. Amen. That every man has sinned, and in that sin must be addressed, because heaven has no sin. How many know that? And so in order for us to go to a place prepared for us, where there is a sinless God, that is a sinless place, we must answer the question of how do we deal with the sin that all of us have in our life, and that all of us have come short. We have to have a walk with God. Someone say amen. We have to have a walk with God. And I want you to realize a very powerful and very important emphasis on the fact that it is a walk with God. In other words, every relationship 
should mirror or take on a kind of aspect of the initial relationship that man had, and that's our relationship with God. When the Bible says that Adam walked with God in the cool of the day, it means to me, and maybe to you, that relationships are always headed somewhere. You do not judge a relationship based upon where it's at right now. You judge a relationship on where it's headed. And so therefore, your walk with God is a mirror and a type of every other relationship you will ever have because that was a first. And if you know that in Scripture, wherever you find a first, there will always be a connection to that first. So every relationship that you have in life is going somewhere. Someone said amen. Do you believe that? Okay. So we have to understand that there's a destination involved in our relationship with God. How many glad, are glad you're on the path of salvation? How many glad you're on a path that saved you? How many are glad you're on a path that will save you? Amen. Salvation is a very elastic word. There are three different components of salvation. We know that direction, as we learned last week, not your dreams, not your hopes, not your good intentions, but your direction leads you to your destination. I can have the the most upright intentions. I can have the greatest plans and dreams, but if my feet are going a direction opposite of my dreams and my plans and my hopes, I will never reach the destination I dream for because the path I'm taking does not go there. We studied that last week when we opened up with the path principle in this series um, on pathways. And, I, and, and as we're studying that, we realize that that applies to roadmaps. And we talked about getting in the car and wanting to go to Florida, but getting on I-43 North and going the wrong direction. You'll never get to Florida in your vacation destination if you go the wrong, dire- wrong direction on the road. So we know as a road, we cannot get on the wrong road. We cannot get on the wrong trail and end up in the right place. So your target always deals with the path path that you're on, where you're going has to be the place where your feet are pointed. And we see all kinds of examples in scripture of where people lost out because the path they stood on. Lot did not lose his wife when she turned her back and looked at Sodom and Gomorrah when the angels told them, get out as fast as you can get out and do not look back. When she looked back and she was turned to a pillar of salt, that is not where Lot lost his wife. He lost his wife when he opened his his tent doors, and when his tent was faced toward the well-plained, well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah, and every morning when he got up, his direction was faced toward Sodom and Gomorrah. You see, the path begins somewhere, brothers and sisters, and if you are in a place where you're not right with God, and if you're in a place where it's difficult to step away from a sin that we all have and come short of in our life, I guarantee you that may not be the place where you need to work on but you need to look down at your feet you need to look at your vision you need to look at what you've been uh, looking at or what's been captivating you because when Lot lost his wife it was from opening that tent door every day and saying look how beautiful Sodom and Gomorrah is off in the distance 
We see so many things. David's supposed to go in war as a man of war. He's supposed to be leading the people and the men of God into war. And yet he says, I'll take a season and stay home. And while he's home doing nothing, he looks out over the balconies and he sees beautiful Bathsheba bathing naked. And he, and he sees live pornography. And he says, you know what? I want that in my life. I, I'm the king. I have a right. You know, David, if he had been doing what the kings should be doing in the season of war. He would be out leading the men in battle. But instead, he pointed his feet in a direction that put him on a path that caused him to fall and to sin. And I want you to know that I'm not just preaching that we cannot walk away from things if we just notice it and turn our heart. That is true. But I want you to know that if you ever get the principle of the path as we preach last week, you will watch your feet. You will watch what your heart falls in love with. You will watch what you watch. You will watch what goes in your ears. You'll watch what comes before your eyes because everything is a way, brothers and sisters, and I want the way of the Lord. Everything is a way. I've had people that I've pastored, I've pastored for a long time, not just here, I've had men who fell out of their relationship and had infidelity in their marriage. And it started because a single gal started hanging out at his cubicle. And they just went to lunch with a group of people. And pretty soon it was going to dinner. Just a nice date. It, does, it wasn't really anything. We were just talking about work, you know, and we had some projects we needed to finish. And slowly, that's a path, brothers and sisters. That's a path. And he got where he got because he took his feet down a path. And there is a way that I want to speak to you about today, and that is a destination of salvation. Amen? It is, a tr it is true that your destiny is found in the direction you're walking. But when we talk about being on a path of salvation, we realize that justification is our destination. Amen? Justification is a word in the scripture that talks about being just as if it never happened. And so when God justifies us, he justifies our spirit. So I'm on a path that saved me. I I'm so glad I got saved. I'm so glad I went down in the waters of baptism. I'm so glad that is a past tense for me. Amen? And that is where I was justified. But I'm also on the path of being saved. It's saving me to walk with God right now. And the reason why is because there's sanctification taking place in my life every day. He's making me holy as he is holy. Sanctification is a word in the scripture for holiness. So while I'm saved at one point, I got saved because I obeyed the word of God and I obeyed Acts 2.38. I realized that was a point in my life on the path. But I also realized that there are points along the path as I walk with God that he's saving me from things. How many know God saved you from some things? I'm so grateful that I can tell you that he leads me and he guides me. That he's Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. How many know those scriptures? Amen. But we also know that hindsight is 2020. How many have looked back at your life and went, whoa, man, had I known I would have never done that? <laughs> 
You see, we can look back and we can see very clearly. That is why it's important that you keep your hand in the hand of God because he's an eternal God who is at the end and the beginning. So he's already been there. He has perfect vision for your life. He has a perfect path for your life. And if you keep your hand in his hand, he will guide you away from the danger places that you will fall into without him in your life. So I'm thankful that I'm on a saving path. How many off-ramps would I have taken on this way had it not been for me desiring and walking in the way of the Lord? How many different things would have hurt me? I'm also on the path of being saved, and that's glorification. One day, he's coming for us, amen? We're going somewhere. This isn't just us sitting here on Sunday enjoying a good service. We are moving with him. Our relationship is moving. Therefore, we are headed someplace, and that place is heaven, amen? We're going home one day. We don't have to worry about this world getting better. We don't have to worry about getting a better president. We don't have to worry about all things we do our our duty as a citizen but i tell you what doesn't matter who gets in the white house it matters who's going to the big house (laughs) i'm glad i'm going to heaven (laughs) i'm glad i'm going to heaven so you can trust him so i acknowledge him in all my ways the scripture talks about that in proverbs 3 and 16 i don't know if you've read that before and i'll get back to that some more but it says in all your ways acknowledge him It's not just talking about the path we take, but it's talking about the ways in which we think. Every thought you have is a way. It is a pathway. And as we begin to read the word of God and we put the word of God in our heart, Jesse, the Bible says that we won't sin against God, that we, when we hide his word, we shall not sin against God. Why is that? Because when we start to dig and when I begin to dig in the word of God, I'm not just looking to fulfill a little box that I check on my bread chart. I am looking for the ways of God and his word. And when I find his ways, my feet stay on the proper paths. We have to remember that because sometimes at 6 a.m. when the coffee's not strong enough and when we've had a long week, it's hard to stay awake with our word and our quiet time. It It may seem like just another morning and we have tasks coming on a regular day at our regular job, but I want you to know that when you excavate the word of God, you find a clear path for your feet. When you begin to dig into the word of God, I find peace for my mind knowing that I'm on the right path oh my goodness we want to leave a place where we can put his name amen I, I, I don't want to walk on a path where I'm afraid to say Jesus put me there I don't want my feet to run to a place. The Bible talks all over the place about feet that run to trouble and this and that. I'm telling you today, you need to focus on your feet because we need to be in the way of the Lord. There's no way that's better than his way, amen? And the way is a person. It is Jesus Christ because he is the way, the truth, and the life. People have said, you don't have enough education to tell me what is truth or what is the proper way. And people will always, some of you, maybe you've met them, they're like, man, I really respect your path. 
path. Now, that's great. <laughs> I really, that's, that's a great path. But they won't follow it. But they really respect your path, Nate. That's, that's an awesome way to live. You know what? This is a path for everybody because all have sinned. And we need a, we need a, a direction to the salvation of, of God. So the path of soul salvation is important. So his, his, Jesus' path of salvation for us should mirror our path to salvation. Amen? So repentance, water baptism in Jesus uh, and infilling of the Holy Ghost is the path we must take, every one of us. Because if that was his path and we are to walk in his ways, then therefore we should follow his ways. Repentance is our death. I have to walk in the ways of repentance every day. That is something we must do. I must have to die out to my will and to my ways in order to walk in his will and his ways. Amen? I must die out to that. So I need repentance in my life every day. I must walk in ways of baptism. I must be washed in the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. The way that he saved me by dying on the cross and shedding his blood must be the way that I come to him. Amen? And be washed in the blood of the Lamb. And the blood can only be applied in the name of Jesus. Buried in baptism. Amen? I'm buried with him in baptism. Hallelujah. I must walk in that way. I must celebrate baptism. I must be able to get up when I make a mistake and say, God, thank you I have your name on me. Thank you I have your blood on me. Because I'm human and I make mistakes. But I have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I can say, Lord, forgive me. And he remembers my baptism in the day he put my na his name on me. I must walk in the way of baptism. I must walk in the way of resurrection and filling of the Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues. I must, if you can, speak in tongues every day. If you don't understand that, ask some questions and find out what are gifts of the Spirit and what is the initial sign and evidence of filling of the Spirit. Because the Bible tells us unless a man is born of water and of Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God, John 3 and 14. I know, and you know, that we must be born of water and of Spirit. And that is not natural birth of water and then spiritual birth. That is literally in the scriptures. The word water is hydor or hudor, depending on how you say it. Its, it's case is based upon the fact that it's talking about water of waters of river, in a river, in a fountain, in pools, of water of a deluge, of water in any of earth's repositories. It's not talking about the womb. It's not talking about being born naturally and then being born spiritually. It's talking about being born in baptism in water. It's talking about being born spiritually in spirit baptism. It's talking about being born of water and of spirit. Someone said amen. And the word spirit here is pneuma. The same word that goes with holy pneuma or holy ghost, holy wind. The scripture here when God is talking to Nicodemus and he's saying, hey, you want to come at night and be baptized? Fine, just get baptized. But be baptized in water, born of water. And then you need to be baptized in pneuma or in spirit. And the word here is pneuma is a current of air, breath, blast, or breeze. And the analogy is figurative and spiritual. It obviously means that it's talking about the time when God fills with the Spirit, sometimes referring to, sometimes referred to in a way in which emphasis 
it emphasizes his character and nature in us, the Holy Spirit, sometimes referred to in a way that emphasizes his work and his power. We have to realize that if, we don't, if we're not born of water and of spirit, living for God is hard work. But if you are born of water and of spirit, when you get born of spirit, that wind of God that's living inside of you and God takes residence in you, that gives you the power to work, the power to live for God. It doesn't make Christianity a crutch. It makes it something beautiful. It doesn't make it hard. It makes it something you love to do. It makes it something that gives you power and might. And when you walk in the path of resurrection and you speak in tongues when you need it and you pray over things in tongues when you need it I don't care if you got to get up in the morning and you have to speak in tongues over your cereal get yourself full of the Holy Ghost get full of the Holy Ghost because that is the only way that you can put his name fully on every path that you walk and if I'm going to walk the ways of the Lord those ways have to have his name on it and he won't let me put his name on anything that he doesn't take responsibility for. And if I put his name on something he's not responsible for, he'll take his name right back off it and show me what kind of foolishness I'm in. I promise you he'll do that. So whenever I'm living for God, I must acknowledge him in all my ways. I must acknowledge him in all my ways. Say that with me. Acknowledge him in all my ways. My ways of thinking, my ways of living, my ways of spiritual walk, my ways of Christianity, my ways of prayer, everything. Did you get it? We must acknowledge him in all our ways. Amen. I know you guys got it. He will correct our course if we put his name on something that we haven't fully acknowledged him in. So our path must be worthy of his name. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. That's good. My way must be his way. My way must be his way. And all you do, and all the things that you do, do it all in the name of the Lord. Amen? Whatever you do, the scripture says, do it all in the name of the Lord. If you can't put the Lord's name on the direction of your feet, then you need to change the direction of your feet. If you can't put the Lord's name on your path, change your path. That is important. We talked to Job last week. Remember Brother Job? Remember him last week? We talked to him about Job 23 and 8 where he recorded his words where he said, where he said uh, I don't even have the scripture up there and, and I probably would have to find it in my notes because I'm way off my notes. Y'all don't even know what kind of mess I got going up here. But he said, I've got it. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there. And backwards, but I cannot perceive him. Remember, I said last week, there's times when you're not going to have perception of God's work in your life, but you'll know he's working because you trust him. I can't see him on the left hand where he doth work, but... And I, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand. I cannot see him, but he knoweth the way. Everyone said the way that I take. I'm so glad God knows the way when I don't know it. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held. This is the verse I want to focus on. We pick up back here again this week. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. <laughs> 
So in other words, what Job said is, when I can't sense the presence of God, when I can't find his vision and his way for my life, all I have to do is keep the steps that are right in front of me because the path that I was on was the way of the Lord before. So I must still be on the way of the Lord's path in my life or else God would have come and taken his name off of it and changed my direction. But since he hasn't and all this trouble has fallen on me, I'm just going to keep on walking in the steps that I know. Sometimes we are, in a sense, blind to what God may be doing in our life. But if we keep our feet, the focus, we can continue to walk with God, even when it's difficult. I need a, I need a help. Uh, I need a, Brother Jesse, can I bother you? <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah, you. Is that all right? Can I embarrass you a little bit today? Would you put this on? Sometimes we end up feeling a little bit blindfolded when we walk for God. How many have ever felt that way? Like, man, I don't know for sure what God's doing in this situation. I don't know exactly. You okay? All right. Okay. The beautiful thing about blindfolds is even though he's blindfolded, let's say, let's take it as his spiritual state. Okay. Now we know God opens our eyes. Amen. So I'm not talking about that side of things. We have illumination in God. But whenever you have a pastor that leads you, whenever you get into a situation where your emotions cloud you or when times get difficult, you run to your pastor. You know what your pastor's going to do? He's going to point you to the word of, the God, of God. You know why? Because the word, like we learned last week, last week is a lamp unto his feet. So I'm going to point at the word of God and said, hey, this is a principle. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor sitteth in the sea of the scornful. Don't take any counsel from ungodly folks right now. I know you're going through it, but make sure you listen to the word of God. I'm just going to keep on giving him word. You know why? Because I may not even know myself exactly what God's doing in the situation. I know everybody thinks pastors are super spiritual, and I do pray, and I prayed a lot over this message, but I can guarantee you this. There are times when I'm clueless. I'm like, I, I don't even know what God's up to with Carla's arm. I don't even know what God's up to. You know, forgive me, sister, but I'm telling you, I have no clue what's going on in that situation. But you know what I'm going to do? If they call me and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? He said, you betcha. I'm going to pray for you. And I'm also going to tell you, look at the word of God. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's a God who's always there. He's going to help us through. And I'm going to lead somebody back to the word of God because I am not the source. He is. Amen. God is the source. So therefore, even if you feel like you're in a blinded moment. Do I need to do this? Do I need to change that? Do I need to go here? What do we do? How do we do it? You know what? You might feel a blind moment, but guess what? In your blind spot, there's always someone that can help you pray your way out of it or point you toward a promise in the word of God. Amen, somebody. Amen. So what's really powerful is this. There are times when we don't, when we're unable to hear the word of God or we're unable to hear God's voice very clearly. How many have been there before saying, God, would you speak? Just, just say something, and you're, and you're hearing nothing. So there are times when not only does, do we feel blind, <laughs> I, 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 this is part of my therapy. It's just making people look funny in front of everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. <laughs> He's such a trooper. So now he can't see or hear maybe what the Lord wants him to do. But you know what? Here he comes. He's like, hey, pastor, I'm feeling like God wants to do something. And you know what I'll do? I'll say, you know what the word of the Lord says? The word of the Lord says that God's near to the humble 
and spirit. I want you to walk on that word. Can you? You see it? You know what's funny about blindfold? Is you can always see your feet. And that's why God says if you focus on your path, you'll be okay. You may not be able to see 10 years from now, five years from now. But if your path is directed in a way that goes to God and not to the world and not to your fleshly lusts, you will be able to always walk on the word of God. Jesse, can you see that word? Would you step on that paper? Can you see that? Yep, pretty good. Not bad. Can you see? He's doing all right. Amen. So my point is, if you can't hear God and you can't see how God's working, just look down in your blind moments and find your feet and say, I read the word every day. I'm seeking God. I'm just going to walk in those promises. I'm just going to stay on the path you put for me. And even if it hurts my heart and it confuses my head, my feet are still sure because I'm walking securely in the ways of the Savior. I'm walking securely in the way of the Lord. And if I stay in the way of the Lord, I will make my way someday out of here. I'm going to hear the trumpet sound and I'm going to go home one day. Thank you, Jesse, so much. Give Jesse a big hand for being a trooper. Thank you, brother. (laughs) Awesome job, awesome job, my friend. I'll take that, thank you. There are four things, action steps, that you have to take in this principle, and I want to give them to you quickly. This is more the teaching part of the lesson, but I want to give them to you quickly. Number one is simply this. In order for you, we talked last week as we were finishing about the wise see danger afar off and they do something about it, but the foolish continue on and suffer harm. We talked about that principle, but I want you to know that it, it requires that you take action. Everyone say action. And in taking action, it's not going to always be easy. Um, the, the action that I'm talking about is you might have to change a relationship. You might have to change the way you go home at night. I've seen people that are trying to get away from a bottle that always stopped at a certain bar and hung out with certain friends and they had to change all those friends and they had to change their route home because there's such a habit of turning in at that bar and hanging out with those friends. They got comfort from being with those friends. And the comforter now has come to their life. And then they want to change and go toward God. And they want to remove those things from their life. And so there's action that's required. Everyone say action. And then there's a couple other things that are required, which for some reason I can't seem to find in here because I preached my way out of it. There it is. Number two, sacrifice. It's going to take some sacrifice. If you're going to see things ahead of you and point yourself toward a target and set your feet in God toward that target, there's a, there's a lot of things that God wants to do with some of the young men in this church. I really believe that God's been speaking to me lately. I believe in, in a very powerful way that God wants to use these young men in this church. And I believe that God's going to bring souls that are allowing you to teach Bible studies and grow yourself as a minister of God. I believe that for these young men. And you know what? They're pointing their feet toward a destination of reaching the lost or reaching their future. And, and in doing that, it's going to require a sacrifice on your part. If you're going to live like then is now, 
because that's the only way you keep your feet on the proper path. I'm going to heaven, so I'm going to live now like I'm going to heaven in 30 minutes. I'm going to keep my feet on that path. If we're going to do that principle in our life, then we have to live like then is now and make sacrifices now that get us to then. Amen? So our destination is always in front of us, especially when living for the Lord. His way is our way. Amen. So the third thing that you're going to have to understand about removing and detecting danger that's coming your way and keeping yourself on a path toward God and toward your destiny is you have to realize there's going to be a little bit of embarrassment. Number three is embarrassment. Because there are some things you must possibly change in your life that you may never be able to explain to anyone. Do you understand what I'm saying there? There are some things that you may have to change that may seem like they're not good stewardship. It may seem like, well, you you know, some people get in a situation where they have so much consumer debt that they have no margin, and maybe you have to sell a house, maybe you have to sell a car, maybe you have to drive something different, maybe you have to go and, and pack lunches every week and not go out with the crew going out to lunch at work because you're trying to put yourself in a place where you're on a good path financially and you're not living on the edge of financial ruin. And every time you come to church, your testimony is, we didn't have money to pay the light bill, but praise Jesus, the check came just in time. I'm grateful for those testimonies, but that is not the place of blessing I see in Scripture. If God chooses to put you there because you're winning souls and you're doing His ways and His will, and you have to be dependent upon miracle provision, great. But there is no reason as Americans that we cannot live with a margin. Amen? There's no reason why we can't find our way out of debt by being sacrificial and saying, no, I can't do that. I can't explain why I can't do all that. But I promise you, one day, one day, I'm going to have margin. I'm going to have a generous heart and a generous wallet for the kingdom of God. I'm not going to be strapped to all my consumer debt. I'm not going to have to leverage debt from one card to the other. I'm going to be able to walk in the house of God. And when God tugs on my heart to give to a missionary in Ethiopia, I can write out a check for $2,000 and say, thank God that I sacrificed. Thank God it was a little embarrassing to drive my Nissan Datsun or whatever you got. It was a little embarrassing to drive that older vehicle, but I have something I can give to the ways of the Lord. I have something I can share with someone who will find eternal destination because of my path in life. I don't share this lightly because I didn't plan on sharing it in this, but I had a truck that I absolutely loved. We called it Eddie. It was an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Expedition, and it was a wonderful truck. It climbed over berms of snow like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> It went through mud and it went through awesome. I mean, we had so much fun in that truck and I enjoyed that truck. And one, one year we were doing an offering and God said, sell your truck and give all the money to Jesus. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> I wanted a second opinion on that word from God. <laughs> but you know what? We did it. 
I got a brother in the church. I didn't know how to get rid of that truck. He put it out by his house. We put it out for sale. It sold for 2800 We gave it all to the Lord. And whenever there came a time of struggle and adversity and somebody came against me in ministry, they had just a misunderstanding is all they had, but they thought they were founded. And they brought us in to the pastor and we sat down at a table and we're trying to work it out in brotherly love. And this, this happens at times. It just happens. People are people. And the pastor said, did you know that Brother Calhoun sold his favorite vehicle? And I said, pastor, please. And I stopped him because that moment was so precious for me in obeying the ways of the Lord that I didn't want it to be used to validate a, a misunderstanding from somebody else. I wanted it to be a treasure I had in heaven. I wanted only God to know that we had given everything, but now it's found out because now I'm telling everybody on a Sunday morning, but forgive me. But the thing is, I'm making a point when God says for you to do something with what he's given you, you. There is a sweet blessing in just saying yes, and there's a protection in the ways of God where that, that man literally stopped his accusations and realized this isn't even the past. I didn't even know this man. Sitting across the table from me, he didn't even understand me. And as that began to come to light, that there are great sacrifices in Brother Calhoun's life, and even moments of embarrassment because of those sacrifices of driving something less because I gave my favorite thing to Jesus. All of that was still something God could put his name on. So I don't know if I'm just yelling a lot today and you're not really feeling what I'm feeling, but I am feeling a whole lot of the Holy Ghost up here. And if your life has been several different paths, and you haven't seen the satisfaction, you thought, you know, I'd be further along in my spiritual walk than this by now. You know, doing what I did and changing what I changed, I thought would make the difference. I want you to know, go back and look. Where are your feet pointed? Are you opening a tent to the wrong things? Are you captivated by the wrong things? Because there's so many different examples of people who found their ways on an off-ramp, going the wrong direction. And I get excited because my life has praise for the path God has brought me down. How about you? Do you have a praise for God for how he has kept you in his way? If you're struggling or if you're feeling defeated in any way, I want you to know there's power in his way. If we literally put our heart and our soul on his path, he begins a new walk with us. And we begin to walk in the ways of the Lord. And when we're born of water and of spirit, as I talked about, you will find unspeakable ways and unspeakable joy in him. I don't know if God's ever made a way for you when you didn't have a way. I grew up that way. I've learned that the path we were on we were perpetuating our poorness because we didn't have the ability to get out of that. We didn't have the, the education to move beyond that. And sometimes it was because we were trapped in some situations. But I've driven to church with no gas in the car and had a $50 bill taped to the steering wheel when we came out. I know what it's like to have no way to get home and fly somewhere 
on the $300 that I had to go and minister to somebody and be somewhere, and I had no way to get home. And God provided. I didn't even ask. God just provided. I went and preached someplace, and I flew there and had no money to get back. (laughs) I was a young man. I was not very smart. (laughs) I had no way to get back. They gave me over a $600 offering that bought my ticket home, Reese, because I felt like God wanted me there. His ways are precious. They keep you. And number four, it might be embarrassing. Number three, but if you act like you are in, if you live in his ways, he'll keep you. And number four is relief. You will find a place on, on a very beautiful day where you look back and you say, what if I hadn't? What if I hadn't made that change? What if I hadn't done something different? And you will breathe a sigh of relief because you took your feet off a path that was leading you somewhere. Oh, you weren't in sin yet, but there was a direction you were headed that would have taken you to destruction. But when you started praying, God said, no, don't do that right now. No, wait one more year and and then you'll have the financial ability to do it. No, give that money you've been saving to a work in Ethiopia. You know, you never know what God's going to do. But when he directs you back, he opens a door. Because every time we walk in his ways, he must make a way for us. Would you stand with me today? I hope I've been concise. This path leads us to eternal life. Amen. Amen. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. So Job gives us a very important lesson. Keep your feet. Keep the way of the Lord. There's a lot of different things I have here that about the way, and I, I didn't even get to it. The way talks about the road and the way and the path and the journey and the direction. Those are all wrapped up in that word way. Your direction your path, the manner and habit of in the way that you do it, the manner in which you do things is a direction. It's amazing how much is found in that one thing. We are found in his ways, amen? And then I shared with you several different paths that were destructive. Look at Cain, murdered his brother over the wrong path. Esau lost his birthright over the wrong way. Solomon, wisdom fell to the gods of his many wives. Look at Balak, who could hear from God, but used it for selfish gain. A prophet that was not a true prophet of God. Prophet for profit. (laughs) That's what I call him. (laughs) Look at Judas's path of greed. Started just holding the purse, but soon it was, I want all of it. Sold the Messiah for 30 pieces of silver. Now, Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Ghost and kept back. Why? They started their feet in a direction and it led them to destruction. I'm captivated by the things of God and I want his ways for my life. And the last thing I promise you, this is the last thing, you know how preachers always say, I'm closing, is we are to keep the way of the Lord unobstructed for others that the Bible says the place of the path 
has to be able to be found. And we know that the scripture says that narrow is the way, or straight is the gate in Matthew 7, 14. It says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way. The word narrow means a hard place. When you get into a hard place, that's what it's referring to. And straight is the gate. That word straight there means from obstacles standing close about. It's already difficult to find truth at times. We have to make sure they can get to it. And we have to remove the obstacles around that. Narrow to crowd, afflict, throng, suffer tribulation or trouble, a narrow way. If people are going through a narrow way, we have to help them find the way that leadeth unto life because few there be that find it. This isn't a freeway. This is a small way and there's going to be few that find it. And I'm grateful that I did. And I'm grateful that you have. But there are those that are going to be left on the path if we don't help them find their way. And this particular word also says, that it's a place of return. Those who come or return to a place. In other words, there's a way that allows people to come home. How many know you need a little bit of home sometimes? I want to make sure you understand that there's going to be a returning that comes to pass in this place if we remove every obstacle. So in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. The word direct there means literally to make smooth or straight. If Jesus will do that for us when we acknowledge him in all of our ways, if he'll make our ways smooth and straight, why should we make the way smooth and straight for somebody else to come and find him? If that's the way of the Lord, if he did that for us and that is his way, we should do that for others because Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. And if we're going to be like Jesus, then the way of the Lord should be our way and we should make it the way for somebody behind us. Remove the obstacles, let them come. There's backsliding coming home. I believe that. There are people that need to come and we will find a way for them to be here. We will do that for others because God did it for us. Amen. All right, let's pray together. Jesus, I want your way today. If I find a place where I'm not able to hear you, if I find a place where I feel like I'm blindfolded, God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to give me a good guide not only be my guide, but put me in a path on your word, Jesus, that I can walk on your word. Let my feet be held in your steps, Jesus. Let my way be your way. Let my ways be your way. Let, my, let the ways that I think be the mind of Christ. Keep me, O oh God, and don't decline your ear to me. Let my prayers be heard in the heavens and near. Lord God, would you please give me a closeness to you even when I don't always know how you're working. Help me to trust your heart when I can't always feel your hand guiding me. I ask it in the name of Jesus that all our days would be devoted to you because you deserve that. You made a way for each of us. I'm walking in your ways of honor and glory and triumph and victory, God, not because I deserve it, but because of what you did for us on the cross. You made a way, and I want my life to mirror that salvation walk. I want to be a person who walks in the way of repentance and walks in the ways of baptism and walks in the ways of of, um, resurrection. Would you help us today, Jesus? 
I don't know if you stumbled and you haven't felt secure or maybe you feel like you failed in some way and you're not flourishing, but God's ways are sure. And if you will pray a simple prayer today, he will remove sin from your life. He will take you down a way that is victorious. And I'm asking you to consider where your feet are pointing. Focus on your feet today. Jesus' name. Would you find a place to pray? I want you just, us and Jesus, to spend a moment having a discussion with him. Just talk to him like he's your friend. And would you just talk to him about where your feet are headed? Maybe some of you are looking at buying a house. Maybe some of you are looking at buying a new car. Maybe some of you are looking at changing a job or going somewhere and doing something different. What what if you spend some time in an altar and you just talk to him about the way of your feet, the path that you're taking? Would you acknowledge him in all your ways this morning? Take some time and put Jesus on your ways so that we can say that we are in the way of the Lord. In Jesus' name.